legends personified And I will drag you down and sell you out Run away Yo everybody, welcome to the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast I'm your host Daniel Big Sexy Hummer. I'm here with, uh, I can't think of anything witty, so Doug's here. Yo. Uh, and as always, our good buddies, Eric and Clement are here. What up? What's up? How's everybody doing tonight? Pretty good. It's Friday. Friday, yeah. Best day of the week. And uh, we're here to talk about part two of our 20 favorite wrestlers of all time. We did did 11. (laughs) We did, uh, what, 10 to 5 last time? 20 to 20. 11 to 20. Yes. And now we have the last 10. Yeah. Before Uh, that, is there a little news you want to get into? Well, Eric wanted to get into something, and Eric, you have 30 seconds. I think a PWI is a joke. PWI 500 is a joke now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the fact that John Moxley's not even in the top ten is a joke. So. so. <laughs> All right. So here's my feeling on it. I I understand that people are you know, are are pissed off, but like I I get it, John Moxley's not in the top ten. But remember the first couple of months of the grading period he was in rehab. Okay. It's really for like if you're gonna be in that top ten, you have to technically be working from I think the grading period starts in October of the previous year through July of this year. Mm-hmm. All right. From November to January, Moxley wasn't working. Now, it's through no fault of his own. No, it's not. Well, Punk wasn't working this, this summer. Well, that's three months, though. How long was Mox out? Well, Mox was out for two. But, no, uh, uh, Punk was out one month of the grading period. Okay. Okay. Is that how they really do it, or is that what you think? Your grading period was October 2021. But if you miss two months, are you like... I I don't know. That's the excuse I'm giving them. Because, because to be honest with you, I really don't want to hear anybody bitch about the... Because these are rankings done by guys who are, they're just fans like us. So, like, if we would have done, like, a PW, uh, uh, like a 500. Yeah, we learned that when we had the old school guys on for the PWI. Okay. <laughs> like, if, if, if it's pretty much. Uh, no, I get, I get what you're saying, Doug. That hates off. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree. I do agree with you, and Moxley, like, was he didn't kill it last year to me. He's doing better now because he won the title, but that last year to me was kind of a come-down period. Yeah, exactly. He, so, like, the year before, wasn't he number one? 
he was number one in 2020. So there, and he was the champion through the pandemic era, and he deserved that. I think 20. I can't remember who 2020. No, 2021. I think was Omega. Okay. All right. Roman Reigns yeah. is number one this year, and I believe this is third year. I think he's done number one. Who? Roman? Yeah. Is he your second or third? Okay. He had a good year. Can you AEW people? No, no, I'm not denying Roman. Okay, good. Because, like, Roman had a great year. He deserves to be number one. He's fucking... This heel character took over. It's nuts how good he is. And uh, Moxley, I don't think he really deserves to be in the top ten. doesn't mean he's not one of my favorite guys. There he is. But I don't think he did enough last year. Even with being out, when he was there, like, just hanging out with Eddie Kingston and having a couple matches really constitute top ten? Does some of the stuff he did with Jericho, is that really top ten work? I don't know. I don't. I mean, so. and it, trust me, CM Punk is a piece of shit. Yeah. But he did have one hell of a comeback. He generated buzz that has been missing from wrestling for a very long time. Yeah, so, so that's you, top you 10 can't deny. Yeah. I mean, do I want him at number three? No. Uh, you picked the wrong guy to be world champion. Yeah. It should have been Danielson. Now, and also, too, uh, I mean, they have Okada at number two, which as long as Okada wrestles, he's going to be, you know, in that, like, top five. Yeah. Uh, Personally, I don't like the guy. I don't see the appeal. Right. You're not a Rainmaker type of guy? No. I mean, I know Eric's a bit – I mean, Eric comes every time he hears his name. I'm pretty sure some just stripped out of Eric now, now that I just mentioned Okada's name. everybody has their favorites. Uh, well, which is which is fine. Yeah. I I don't see the appeal for the guy. Well, because to be honest with you, I'm not a fan of New Japan. Yeah, that's fine. I think Okada is the best person over there. I I, I actually really enjoy Okada's work. I don't. I still kind of sort of agree with you because I'm not a huge New Japan guy. But I've seen Okada and I see that he's special and I've seen what he does and the audience fucking loves it over there. He's a superstar. Yeah. So I I like. Oh Okada. yeah. Do I think he's top five in the world today? No. I think he was fucking uh, three years ago. Five years ago. Yeah, yeah, three, five years ago. When I first came down here and I was watching the Okada videos, he was damn good. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's necessary. I think he need, him and Omega kind of needed each other. But I don't watch enough New Japan to make that statement. So. And also, too, I know people were bitching about Hangman being in the top ten. If people need to quit shitting on Hangman Page. Thank and, you. And here, here's one thing I'm going to bring up, and I absolutely love this person, all right, but he is absolutely dead set wrong. Oh. Jim Cornette went fucking atomic because Hangman Page was included in that Tournament of Champions. Okay. And uh, he's just like, the guy that started all this, or, or, or how does Cornette talk? Oh, the guy that started all this <laughs> when he uh, when he uh, went off script and went after Punk, he uh, he gets included in the tournament of champions. God damn! What the hell? He went in the fight. Well, and that is like he should be punished too. But, uh, my Jim Cornette sounds like you're Paul Bear. Uh, <laughs> 
But so, like, I, I got a question for you then, because I, I can see why people like come on. Not saying I'm going to disdain. Can I enjoy it? I think people give Hangman Page a hard time because of that title, his so-called title run, and and AEW. I think out of the three the three title runs we had in AEW, people rank Heyman as probably the worst out of out of all of them. Oh, yeah. Out of Jericho's Moxley, yeah, uh, and and I don't know. I, I didn't really enjoy it. I mean, the matches are good, and, and I can see why why people say that. I didn't, quite frankly for me, I enjoyed it. But then again, you have to realize, Hangman was part of the first match to crown an AEW champion at All Out three years ago, going on four years ago, against Jericho. Awesome match. And, yeah, I agree. Here's my take on it, because I think, I think AEW has done wrong by Hangman more than Hangman's done wrong by them. Yeah. They had one job. I agree that. Started one job to make him a star. He's done the yep. work. He's had the programs. He started cowboy shit, and people love him when he comes out. Why isn't this guy a star yet? Is it his fault? I don't think so. I think no. he's doing what he's got to do. I think it's the way he's being presented. And the like that title win against Omega was white hot, and you could have gone so many places after that, but you really didn't do much after. Yeah, because you built up Danielson. Yeah, and it's. Hangman needed more to work with, and then you have Punk. Take the, and so Punk coming out there in the press conference saying, "This guy who hasn't done anything in the business." Well, he's tried to do stuff in the business, but the business won't fucking let him. So I think Hangman gets unfairly judged way too much and called stupid and an idiot and all this stuff. When really in this whole thing, he might have spoke out and not known, but I think he's just a loyal soldier. Colt Cabana is yep. his friend. Yeah. And here's the thing, like, my, my issue with Cornette is the fact that Jim Cornette is not a fan of Colt Cabana's, I'm pretty sure. Okay? So, <clears throat> of course not. All right, he's not a fan of Colt Cabana. So, therefore, like, because Hangman Page stuck up for Colt Cabana, he's going to automatically be on Cornette's shit list. Yep. Uh, well, he hasn't liked him anyway, but yeah. But like the the thing is, is that and, and by uh, like the thing is, is that Hangman, you know, said what he said because he was sticking up for his friend. Yeah. All right. Punk doesn't know to stick up for friends anymore because Punk doesn't have any more fucking friends. And what was Punk doing in the WWE when he was talking shit about Vince and stuff? He was sticking up for his friends. And John Cena. What did he yeah. he said I have friends that have been screwed by this company. Like the what Hangman said, Punk has said before. Yeah. But it's just not okay when someone else does it to you and that's going into business for themselves, but when you're doing it it's just blurring the lines. Shut the fuck up, dude. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, a, a little bit more yeah. information on uh a, a, this according to the observer. A little bit more information on the uh on the fight. Yeah. Uh, apparently Punk was, Punk, uh, kind of gave his side of the story. Like, they're still waiting for, uh, Punk and HDL to receive punishments or to actually, like, be told, like, what's going to happen to him. Well, Punk came out and said 
that yeah, he threw the first punch, but he threw the first punch because Matt Matt Jackson walked up to him and he wanted to hit Matt Jackson before Matt Jackson hit him. Yeah. And Ace Steel threw the chair at Matt Jackson because he was pro- protecting his wife. For anybody that can't see, I just use air quotes. Uh, because his wife had a broken foot. They're all stupid. Like, I think Punk acting yeah. like a tough guy when he's three foot tall is the funniest shit ever. If you have a problem with me, come say it to me. It's like, Punk, you're not beating any. We've seen you in the cage, bro. Like, <laughs> you're cool and you look tough in the ring, but you're not actually, like, equipped to beat Good. somebody's ass like you think you are. I'm sorry. He's not. Exactly. He couldn't even <laughs> beat, um, what's his name? Um, I forgot his name. Mickey Gall fucking made him look like a child. Yeah. And then he got beat exactly. up by an announcer. He's just not good. So, uh, and I understand, and the same shit that he's getting mad at Hangman for, he's doing in the press conference. Going yeah. into business room talking shit about, he really needs to, like, get off his high horse. They he, need to get rid of him. He Here's the thing. He is white hot, <clears throat> and he could draw a lot of money for that company. And he really, he could be the world champion, and he could have had a great summer and he could have had a great year and he could have had a great run. And, but the thing is, is he's old now. He's way too prone to get hurt. And he's a whiny little bitch. Like he's been his whole career. Okay. So, I enjoy punk, but he, he whines too much. He needs to shut the fuck up. Yeah. Exactly. It's always everybody else's fault. I 100% agree with that. Okay. So, uh, so I got a question for you guys. Okay. Talking about this whole, the sea of punk. Let's recall about the, Go, go back to, like, Night of Champions between Triple H and CM Punk. And that face-to-face encounter and how Triple H buried CM Punk on him, how, he, how um, he's in it for himself, how he doesn't care about anybody. Do this now, you see the truth of what Triple H was saying that night to CM Punk coming to truth now into the light after what's going on for AEW and all? Yes. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And, and here's the thing, too. Uh, like, it, it, kind of a similar situation is going on in another show that, we, that we've that we been talking about a lot lately. Uh, you know, in Big Brother. You know, how, like, Terrence kind of went into business for himself. Yeah. And uh, now he's stuck in a hotel until finale night because... He said some shit that they didn't want him to say. They asked him to apologize. He said, fuck you. So they're sticking him in a hotel. What I think they should do to CM Punk-ass bitch is tell him you're going to apologize for what you did. You're going to keep your fucking mouth (coughs) shut or your ass is fucking gone. Like, this isn't like... This isn't 2011. It's not cool anymore. Like, you're older. You should be more mature. Shut the fuck up or leave the goddamn company, you stupid fucking cunt bitch. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Pretty much. Tony just needs to put his foot in. All it is. Uh, Tony doesn't have a hold of that company, and you can tell. Sammy Guevara is even making a vlog soon where he's going to talk shit about everybody. And he said that today, I believe. Uh, 
So he's losing control of his troops, and he's got to raid them back in if he wants this thing to keep on trucking. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> All right. We spent way too much time on this. All right. Uh, let's get to the main event, people. Two of our top 20 favorite wrestlers will be going from 10 to 1, right? Yeah. Yes, All right. Do you, you want to start us off? Okay. My number 10 is Randy Orton. Uh, so I've always, I've always kind of liked Randy Orton. You know, well, at least ever since he became the Viper. Because <coughs> I've always liked the RKO, and, you know, I just thought the Viper character was kind of cool. He kind of reinvented himself. Uh, I know there's a lot of people out there that don't like him. Uh, but, I mean, he's more likable now because, like, he really added a new layer with the whole RK Bro thing. Yeah, he's always added layers. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, people that have talked shit about him before, and I used to do a podcast with people that would talk shit about him. Uh, and, uh, well, that guy can go fu- – uh, and I'm not talking about my Rain Man co-host. I'm talking about my uh, the producer of that show can go fuck himself. Right. Uh, but uh, anyway, but no, Randy Orton to me has always been – like, he might not be, like, the best wrestler, but, like – when you have a finishing move you can hit out of nowhere and it always gets a big pop, like, obviously, you're good at something. I agree. Brandon's on my list, too. Fuck you. I said a best time. You knew he was going to be on my list. Yeah, he was my number 11. Oh, well, then fuck me, too. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I love Randy. I, I agree with you. I always like yeah. Randy. He's and he's right. good as everything. He can baby face. He can heal. He can be a scumbag. He can be, you know, a really nice. I don't know. To me, I think he makes a better heel than a baby face. He does. I, he is a better. <laughs> he does. No, I I 100% agree with that. Wait, you, Clint, do you have him on your list too? No. Who me? Oh, Clint. Uh, no, I do not. All right. Well, Quinnith, who is on your list at number 10? All right. I'm going with Trish Stratus. Oh, it's on number 10 on my list. It's a big one. Yeah. Nice one. I, I think, and I want to say this. I think Trish started out as one of those vignettes that actually should, should. So not only did she do like the, yeah, you'll say that that was a time that women was all sexualized, but at the same time, she forced wrestling. Like she actually went from like a, a vignette to someone who learned, trained, and is a great wrestler. To show you not not only that we are women are not just sex objects, but we can do just as well as a man. And she put on great matches. <laughs> she did. And, and the rivalry between her and Lita, the hardcore match you put against the Victoria Survivor Series. Well, they had a hardcore match on an episode of Raw, too, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, they had a couple of I mean Trish is iconic. Uh, Trish is great. She she I mean the rivalry with Mickey, uh Lita, Victoria, she had some good matches with Jazz. Uh she she's I mean every every woman in the in the company at that point except for like Tori Wilson and Stacy Keebler are just the ones that were there for the Braun Panties matches. Uh Trish had a good match with every one of them. Yeah. So Definitely. She can bring the best out of everybody. I agree. I have her a little farther down, but all right, Eric, who do you got? Randy Savage. Um, I didn't. I didn't watch him in the '80s, but from match that I did watch when we reviewed some stuff, um, I know I would would be a fan of him if I watched him in the '80s. Um, Randy Savage is one of the best of all time. One of the best characters of all time. He's just great. Even that he or face. There's nothing nothing bad I could say about him. Like a wrestler. Yeah, I have him I have him a little further down. Uh he is he he has always been one of my favorites. Like, uh, you know, I used to remember when I used to, you know, mimic him as a kid. I would come off the, uh, um, I would come off the couch with the flying elbow, either on dad or on the dog. Uh, a dog, really? I got, a I got poor dog. Yeah. Uh, a poor, poor dog. I feel so sorry for the dog. The dog actually <laughs> reacted better than dad did. I hope Seth said. See, if I was a dog, I would have bite your ass off. (laughs) (laughs) Dog was a good sport. (laughs) It was Macho Man? Uh, Eric's pick was Macho Man. It's a damn good pick. Yeah, I was just telling my uh, Macho Man story how I used to come off with the elbow. I think I got uh, 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 Billy Lehman with it, too, I'm pretty sure. Probably. There's a... there might have been a few people I got with it, uh, but <laughs> you don't lay on the floor. I'd always try to catch it before you actually hit, but sometimes couldn't quite do it. <laughs> All right. Up next, my turn. Yeah. Ultimo Dragon. Yes, sir. That's a really good pick. He He's one of those guys that, like, he was so good in the ring, and like WCW, he had a decent run. Yeah. But like for some reason, it never caught on in WWE. Mm-hmm. But I think that has a lot to do with the fact that uh, you had people in WWE, and I'm not necessarily talking about Vince. I'm talking about other people who were still technically old school at the time. Yeah, and like instead of like really pushing the cruiserweight division like WCW did, they're just like, oh, we don't need these small assholes. Like Dragon's last match in WWE was a loss to Nunzio. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. <laughs> and then they wanted to, t- they wanted to uh, take the the mask off him. And uh, have him go under his real name. 
What's the Jerome Mary, Doug? Acai. Like an acai moon salt? Yeah. They named the move after him. Uh, so they were going to do that. They were going to take the mask off him, but he didn't want to lose the mask. So they, so they were like, okay, bye. See ya. Because he wouldn't unmask? Yeah. That's fucked up. That's really fucked up. I, I like Eltimo a lot. He is one of my favorites, and he's my favorite cruiserweight, and here's why. Because he was never the underdog, even though he was small. He was legit. He was tough. He could still fly, but he was also grounded, and he was badass. And when he came out, you kind of feared him. And, and you, he was an intimidating presence for a little guy. He wasn't like a Rey Mysterio, who was a career underdog. And you're always rooting for Ray. Dragon could be a good heel. He could be a good baby face. He just came out there to some cool-ass music and beat your ass. So he's my number 10. Good choice. Uh, all right, go ahead. All right, my number nine is Jeff Hardy. Are you masturbating? I'm not. Well, Clemens was making some uh, weird noises. That was my computer. I don't know. I was trying to figure out what's going on. <laughs> okay. All right. So my number nine is Jeff Hardy. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of him now because, to be honest with you, you know, the whole drug addict gimmick is uh, kind of, you know, getting stale. Is he back in AEW yet or no? Not yet, I don't think. His brother is. His brother's wrestling tonight. Yeah, his brother's wrestling uh, Darby, I believe. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I used to be a huge... I I remember Armageddon 08 when we were there and how loud everybody popped when he won the title. Yeah, I was there. It was very it was, exciting. It was very exciting, but then afterwards, like as soon as the bell rang, we're getting we're being told by Grandpa, "Hurry up and let's get the fuck out of here!" Mm-hmm. Like we couldn't even stay for the celebration. It's just like we gotta get out of here now. Well, it was. Yeah, really oh, yeah. Yeah, you gotta beat the traffic. Oh yeah, no traffic is a fucking nightmare. Uh, but yeah, like and Jeff Hardy doing like the whole face paint thing and all that. And, you know, he was pretty much, he, he was kind of, he was a modern day version of Kerry Von Eric. You know, he always got that rock star type of treatment. The ladies loved him. Yeah. The dudes liked him too. They thought he was cool. Yeah. He had that punk rock. He was a super, he was charismatic enigma. I mean, he was selling more merchandise than John Cena when he left. Yeah. He was fucking killing it. So... And when he he went to TNA and they fumbled with him and tried to make him a heel and all this bullshit. But Jeff Hardy, like top of the card, Jeff Hardy was fucking awesome. No, I agree. That stretch from like 2008 to 2009 nah, yeah, nine. Nine-ish yeah. was fucking fabulous. So. It was uh, Randy. Randy! Yeah. So I really liked it. And then like also too, remember, Freddie Prince Jr. is the one that... You know, he's the one that made the suggestion. He's like, look, this this guy's merch sales are fucking through the roof. We need to do something with him. Yeah. And Triple H really didn't like the <laughs> idea, 
but Vince did. So, and Freddie was just like, we don't have to give him the title for long. Just let him have a feel-good moment because he's going to sell more merch. Yeah. And then, you know, about six months later, uh, Triple H kind of made sure that Freddie Prince Jr. no longer had a job. Like the Freddie Prince Jr.? Yeah. Like the actor Freddie Prince yeah. Jr.? He was in WWE? Yeah. He was a writer for a little bit. Yep. Really? Yeah, he was on the creative team. Yeah. He's a big WWE that. fan. I never knew that. Well, you need to listen to our show more because we brought it up before. I get why. <laughs> I need to pay attention as well. We should really. <laughs> she don't give a. I don't listen and pay attention almost the same thing. No, it depends. Whose uh, turn is it? Uh, Clintus, I think, because I think Clintus. he had it to me the last time. Yeah. So. All right, Clintus. I'm going with the wrestling god JBL, John Bradshaw Layfield. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. The longest reigning Ruthless Aggression Heiress WWE champion JVL. Ooh. To be honest with you, he is I find him entertaining. Yeah. Yes. He, he, he is entertaining. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily want to take a shower, you know, anywhere near him. Although if he tried to soak my butt up in the shower, I'd hand him the loofah and be like, "Don't forget, don't forget a spot." Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, you're not allowed to use the shower anymore. Uh, JBL yeah. is really good, and he was a, he was a damn good champion. He was a hell of a heel. He was a great heel. He kind of carried SmackDown for a little bit there. Yeah. He did. Carry yeah, he did. SmackDown. No, I don't have any problems with that pick. I think JBL's awesome. And he, like, he's just, he had such an illustrious career from the tag team shit to the main event shit, the stuff with Eddie, passing the torch to Cena. Yeah. I mean, and to be honest with you, the WrestleMania 21 match against Cena really wasn't that great. It was, it was as basic of a match as you can get. It did the job, though. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's exactly... What it did, it did the job. It got Cena over, and Cena became one of the biggest stars in the company. Yeah. I think it's Cena, HBK, I, I like. That too. Yeah, that was a good feud. Or, or, when, he's, or when SmackDown didn't have a champion for three months. And he thought he was going to finally win it before Batista showed up with the World Heavyweight Championship. That was funny. <laughs> that, and his stuff that is whole um, how he dunked at ECW. <laughs> yeah. He played that a great deal. You just like, wanted to uh, hate him. When, uh, when JBL won the supposed SmackDown title, and I think he beat... Undertaker, Christian, Booker, Benoit, and Muhammad Hassan, I think. Yeah. I thought it was about a war, wasn't it? Gave it gave that whole match. Didn't that match get like an hour? Something like that. It was actually a pretty good match for what I remember. Yeah, and like, uh, like he won the match and then Batista came out and everybody just went fucking ape shit. Uh, 
because, you know, Teddy Long decided he didn't want to fucking uh, let everybody know before the match that it was just for the number one contendership. Right. Yeah. By the way, today well, is... technically he didn't be found out dude, in the, during the match that Batista got drafted to SmackDown. <laughs> He's right. That's what it was. All right. Whose turn is it, Eric's? Yeah. All right, Eric. Yes, sir. Demilinko. Um, I think he's. I've said this many times on the show. I think he's one of the most underrated wrestlers of all time. I've enjoyed. I always enjoyed his matches. Um, especially in, the, in WCW. I think. I think his knowledge of the, of the, um, pro wrestling is very um, up there. So. I've always liked Demolinko. I know he doesn't have. Some people say he doesn't have a personality, but he he can go in the in that ring. He didn't need one though, because he was like what I said about Ultimo. That kind of applies to him too. He was just he was yeah. small, but he was like this badass almost, and he would just go in there and take care of business. Yeah, he he was Brian before Brian Anderson. He got number one in the PWI one year, right? And it pissed a bunch of people 97 off. because they decided instead of going by, like, accomplishments and popularity, yeah, they decided, okay, we're actually going to rank who we think is the best wrestler in the world. Yeah. <laughs> and, it was, and it was Malenko. And nobody understood it. Yeah. Apparently, Peanut doesn't either. <laughs> uh but, uh, like, it's just, I, technically, I think that's, like, what the rankings really should be. Yeah. If you're ranking, like, the best wrestlers in the world, you should kind of rank them by wrestling ability. I mean, but Malenko, in, in 97, and, my, and again, going back by how they do the time period, from October 96 to July of 97, he actually had a really good year. Because there was only, uh, shit. Um, I think there was only like that's a ten month grading period. I think there was only like three or four months of that period where he didn't have a championship around his waist. Yeah. So it made sense from the standpoint of okay, you know, you're looking at a guy's accomplishments. And you want to rate the best wrestler in the world? He was the best wrestler in the world. Yeah, he was. Whether people want to admit it or not. He deserved the slot, for sure. Yeah. All right. My turn? Yeah, go ahead. I'm going for the guy who wined and dined with kings and queens and also sat in an alley and ate pork and beans. The American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Uh, One of the... Not only, like, the greatest territory guy, but, like, he was the foil to Ric Flair. Right. He was the protagonist against Ric Flair's heel. And that drew so much money, and it meant so much for professional wrestling. And as a kid, I fucking loved Dusty because it was the first time I ever saw anybody that looked like me. Kind of had the body type of me in there. It wasn't a chiseled from stone Batista or John Cena. It was a big old boy that... It was a really nice guy, and he just had personality, and that was enough. And as a kid, I, that meant a lot to me because I, whenever I looked at the TV, I saw a bunch of guys that, you know, didn't look like me or were ripped and fucking 
handsome and all, but I see this big, ugly fucking dude and he's really, and he's still cool as fuck and everybody loves him and he's hilarious and he's got a good personality and, you know, everyone wants to be around him and he's still got chicks around him. That, to me, that was such a big deal for me as a youth and uh, I think it meant a lot to a lot of kids like that. So, and the fact that, and he could go in the ring too for being fucking so chubby and so big, he could fucking move with the best of them. And he would only, I mean, he'd do his bionic elbow, and it's not like he was fucking, you know, Chris Benoit in there or anything. But he put on some good matches. Agree with me, he did. So, he put on some good matches. He, no, he did. <laughs> I agree with um, that. Thank you. See, the, the, the thing about Dusty, too, is that Dusty, Dusty, if he had, you could almost say, depending on what opponent he had, like his matches were going to he had a series of matches with uh, Bossman back when Bossman was under the name Big Bubba, who, yeah. by the way, will be the subject of a, a top ten moments of matches next week on this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did a series of matches for the for that bunkhouse series that they did from like '86 to '88 or whatever the fuck. Right. Uh, and those matches, and then their final match. Or because they are like the big match that they had lined up uh, to decide who was going to win the bunkhouse was held in a cage. And it was in uh, Pittsburgh. And that arena in Pittsburgh, they drew 21,000 people. And for the longest time, that was the largest crowd to ever go see an event in the city of Pittsburgh. Right. And then fast forward a few years later, they're both in the WWF. And they're having a feud where the match is like it kind of like a promo battle, and like both guys had very intriguing characters. You had the heel uh, corrections officer. You had the guy who says he was American Dream. Yeah. And they were able to do like this fun series of matches with one another until bro- Bossman broke his ankles, uh, and had to sit out for a little bit. So that kind of halted the program, and then they moved Dusty on. To Randy Savage, and that was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Okay. But Dusty was just like, and his passion. Does anybody remember? And I, well, I'm just going to ask you because I know you know Fred and Bernie won't remember uh, the SummerSlam '90 <laughs> promo that he cut after uh, Sapphire stabbed him in the back. Yes. Where he talks about emotion yeah and uh this great sport and the world wrestling federation was built on emotion baby yeah uh so like just that promo and how passionate he got i mean he's top five talkers of all time Especially, I put him in top three for babyface, especially. Yeah, because it's easy to get on the microphone and be a piece of shit. To be honest with you, it's easy to be a dickhead to people. It's hard to get people to love you, and for some reason, Dusty can just do it. And like Hard Times is the greatest promo of all time. And I'll take anybody. You can put the pipe bomb next to it. You can put oh, anything. Yeah. But Dusty going, you know, hard times, Daddy. I've been through some hard times. It, like he's just fucking amazing. His commentary, I liked. I know you don't like him, and that's fine. But I love him. I thought he was a great wrestler, a great booker, great at commentary, 
And no matter what, seeing Dusty on the TV, I'd be happy. And uh, I got his legacy on my list as well. But he, Dusty's fucking amazing. And a lot of what we have today in wrestling is because of him. So we owe him a lot. Yeah, no. I Bingo. mean, and, and to be honest with you, even though a lot of people shit on that 91 WCW time period, yeah. I actually find a lot of that very fun to watch. Yeah. And Love he it. had to do with a lot of that. Like that Chamber of Horrors match at Halloween Havoc 1991, that was the biggest piece of dog shit that anybody in wrestling has ever produced. But I thought it was fucking hilarious. I love it when he was talking about it. I woke up in a cold sweat. A cold sweat. Yeah. And, yeah, he was great. I like Dusty. All right. My turn, right? Yeah. It's me. I thought it was a very good pick. All right, number eight, I have the Big Red Machine, the Devil's Favorite Demon, the Mayor of Knox County, Tennessee. Well, he's not known as Kane as uh, Knox County. He's actually under his real name in Knox County, but Kane. That's like what – that was the ultimate heel turn is his role as the mayor from what I've heard. Don't, like, people hate him now because he was, like, a anti-masker – like he's like oh, very yeah, no, deeply he's, Republican. Yeah, he does not. Uh, and it's he, funny. I, I remember seeing the tweet, and he's like, "It's time for people to stop wearing the mask." And, and then, like, someone commented, "It's like, dude, you wore one for like twenty years." <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? But no, I agree with that as a pick because Kane, Kane, I Triple H called him one constant. Which he can, he's always been there, he's always been reliable, and he's always been ready to go. And that's what you can say about Kane. You can always throw him in a world title match and it'll be good. He's that, he's not like Big Show. He was the big guy that could actually work. Right, and that's that's the thing too, is that even like, you know, as like Isaac Yank and DDS, if you watch his stuff with Bret Hart in like late 95, it's actually quite good. Is it? I think so. Because, you know, he could work. Yeah. Glenn could work. But if you look at, like, especially his early, early stuff with The Undertaker when he first became Kane, like, that stuff was, he was so good, and he was able to keep it up for so long. I know a lot of people shit on him, but those people are fucking morons. I mean, he might not, he might not be very popular. Well, first of all, he's a politician. So if he is popular, there's something wrong with those people. A politician should be about as popular as, uh, be about as popular as crotch rock. Uh, I couldn't think of anything else, so I just stole another. I talked shit about him about a half hour ago, but I stole a cornet line. Uh, Good point. He just like, but no, Kane is one of those guys. I've always been a fan of his. No, I I I agree. I think he's awesome. He just didn't make my name. Yeah, he didn't uh, – I mean, he didn't make my list either, but, 
like I said, he, he, we're not supposed to have the same list. It's all supposed to be different. Quit yelling at me. Exactly. Kane uh, was amazing. Cool. And he was a good, you know, and he was a good fill-in for the world titles. Yeah. So, really good in the Attitude Era as well. And when he unmasked, that era is very underrated. Rufus? Yeah. All right, Clint, it's your turn. Uh, all right. I... My next question, I'm actually going to put um, Cena on my list as I'm number eight. Or what? Next person on my list. John Cena. Big Mish, yeah. Yeah. I know people give him grief about what, what he did now, refusing to turn heel. But you got your, uh, this man is Tyreek Flair as a 16 pound champion. Did his thing in wrestling, went to Hollywood doing the thing in the movies. But not only that, even when he comes back, he still finds a way to put over people who oh, who, who should be put over. It's not looking for himself. People say, well, he was in it for himself. Not all the time. And, and people look at WrestleMania, and I want, I want to say this, people look at WrestleMania 30 how Bray Wyatt should have gone. I went and rewatched that whole thing on the network. And to tell you the truth, I, I, I don't think so. I think Cena was right to go over at WrestleMania after rewatching it and actually doing more thinking about it. I think it was the right call to do. I think it was right for Cena to go over at WrestleMania, Ray win, and then you just have like the neutral the way the way it played out because of how the story was built up. That's true. Story-wise, people say, well, Bray was, yeah, he, he was right. He did have the whole hell, the whole world in his hands. But at the same time, the story was being built as Ken Cena faces fears without going, turning heel to going from being Bray Wyatt. Which she proved to do yeah. at WrestleMania. That was the whole story. <laughs> if you take, if you don't, if you take, if you figure the story into that, yes, Cena should have won at WrestleMania 30. End the story. <laughs> and it, or refusing to put. I mean, he he does a great job. The rivalries he had with Edge, JBL, Randy Orton, Triple H. And it's not like this rivalry is just like one year. These things are built over for two or three years on and off. Yeah, I mean, John Cena is fucking amazing. Yeah, and uh, like people that shit on him, like, and again. It's just people are never happy with anything. That's yeah. the problem. But Cena carried the company on his back, and he was the right person to do it for a long time. He's had classic feuds. He is the ruthless aggression era. And he's probably yeah. one of the most giving people yeah. in yeah. the company. Yeah, he is. He's a nice guy. But that doesn't mean – I mean, it does mean something. But to the wrestling, he's really – he's a lot better than people give him credit for. And he's one of the last big draws of wrestling. Yeah, exactly. Yep. All right, Eric. My number eight is Randy Orton. 
Um, I've always liked Randy Orton, especially um, when he started the Legend Killer. That's when I started liking him. I, th- I think he's a real, one of the best heels of all time. The way he, I just, he's kind of, I think he's kind of underrated on the mic. I, I think a lot of people shit on him on the mic. He, he can talk. Given the chance, really? when he when he cares, he can he can cut a promo. Absolutely, I think people shit on him too much. <laughs> I agree with you. I think they shit on him too much too. I mm-hmm. like Ronde. Yeah, I well we already know how I feel about him. <laughs> He's on my list too. Yep. He's my number eleven. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's fucking amazing. All right, my next pick. Where are we at, seven? No, you're at eight. Jesus Christ. Uh, Cody Rhodes, the son, the legacy of the man that I mentioned before, and the man that would be the world champion right now if not for a torn tit. Uh, Cody, he he has a lot of what his dad has, as in he's a great baby. Even, no, and you can make the case that Cody can come across as a bit douchey sometimes, but he is an amazing baby face. And there's something about him that you just want to cheer for him and you just root for him. And you love, especially with coming out with the torn pectoral and fucking his whole body. Like he's made man after that when he can come back. Like people love him now and they loved him before, but now they respect him because he, he went out there and he fought with a torn pack and he had a sledgehammer put to it. He had all this shit and he still put on the show for the fans. He didn't fucking stub his toe and ran away to drink non-alcoholic beer. Uh, Cody Rhodes is a, he is one of the, he's like, he's that old school field that wrestling needs. Right. And he brings it to that new generation. Uh, he, he just, he just reminds you of a territory guy. There's something about him. I think him going to WWE was a good move. And I think him and Hunter are going to work together well now that Vince is gone. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. And I think Cody could be a, a a big star there. And he's one of the things you knew AEW was going to shit once Cody left, because he was one of the the biggest like pillars of them becoming a thing. And him doing his thing, and him and Dustin was one of the best matches they've ever put on. Oh, hundred percent. At double or nothing, that match was fucking amazing, and. Those two did that. And they did it. And Cody kind of carried that. And Cody carried the company on his back while he was there. He had great matches with MGF. MJF. They had a great feud. Him and Jericho had a good title feud. And he gave up winning the world title because that's how much he loved the company. He was the only EVP that actually cared about the company. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing, too, is that, like, Tony Khan, like, you could start saying, like, if AEW does go downhill, yeah, the start of the downhill, the downward spiral is going to be Cody leaving. Yeah. Because he saw what was going on, apparently, and he said, fuck you. So, so people tried to boo him a little bit towards the end, but he really is a baby face, and you just want to root for him. He could be a heel, too, but there's something about him. He reminds me of his dad, and he's just... He's resilient. Exactly. That's my pick. So let me ask you this. Good pick. Do you think 
Now, now let me ask you this. Do you think it was wrong or right for him to put his – he won't win the world title in AEW that one shot, putting it all on the line? Uh, I don't think it was wrong, no, because I think it gave it stakes, and it made it, and the fact that he ne- they never found a loophole, it made it mean something. I, I, I like that, and I thought, because usually when shit, you put stipulations on shit like that, you got to know that it's not going to happen. Uh, like something's, like they're going to find a loophole, they'll find a way around it. But Cody, like, stuck to his guns, and he was the, he's the one EVP that didn't need, like, the big, the top title. The Bucks needed the tag, but he got the TNT belt. And gave it, but he did that to give that prestige. Exactly. Uh, Omega needed the world title. The Bucks needed the tag belts. Cody didn't need that shit. All he wanted to do was put on good matches for the people, and he did that. So I, I don't think he it was, was there for the fans. He was there for the fans. I don't think he needed to be world champion there either. He was the top babyface without being world champion. So. Yeah, he carried that company for during the pandemic era, especially. <laughs> he did, and he like. Some of the young stars now kind of – they started by working with Cody, like Sammy Guevara and uh, Darby. 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 Uh, Jungle Boy worked with him a couple of times. Yeah. So a lot of MJF, guys got – him and MJF had a great feud. A lot of those guys got put through Cody first. So it's a test. <laughs> and then he went to WWE, and him and Seth actually had a very good program. Right. So and then like yeah. even though Seth lost to him three times in a row, they still made sure Seth had the heat of okay, you're going to be the one to take Cody out because obviously we got to book you as a sore fucking loser. Yeah. With greasy ass fucking hair. But who's your pick? My number seven. We don't have to spend a lot of time on because it's Cena. You can't see me. My time is now. <laughs> Big match, John. Yeah. All right. All right, uh, Clarence, who's your number seven? My number seven. I'm going to say Br- Bret Hart. Bret Hart. I'm waiting for somebody to say Bret Hart. Yeah. Ugh. I fucking hate Bret Hart. <laughs> <laughs> how, how? Why are you going to say Ed? I mean, he he's one the of the great tacticians of of wrestling. He is. He's really cool. There's just something about. I just don't like the whining. It's like my point on Punk. But I, in the ring, I, I agree with you. Bret Hart, probably one of the best ever to do it. My only issue yeah. with Bret Hart is how seriously he took himself. Yeah, I think he thought that wrestling was real, and that was his issue. But besides that. I th- uh, Brett, Brett was fantastic. And Brett's matches, the longer he went, the better it got. Part of the reason he took it so seriously because of the training of Stu Hart's dungeon, as all rumors say, it's like one of the toughest fights in the game. Yeah. Could be. He just said he took the business really. It was his everything, and you can't blame him. It's how he made a living. So, But I just I think he took it a little too seriously sometimes. Yeah, I mean, you could definitely say that. I mean, personally, yeah, I have. To, I happen to be a fan of his. He's not on my list, but like, yeah, he's had some like his matches with Owen, fantastic. I think his two greatest <laughs> opponents ever were Owen and Perfect. Yes, 
And him and Davey Boy did some good stuff. At least the match at SummerSlam. Well, it was very good, but the problem is, is that Brett had to carry the match because Davey Boy was about as uh, on crack or as, not. Huh? I know he was on crack, but it was a good match. Yeah. See, Owen and uh, Perfect didn't have to be on crack. It's <laughs> a hell of a statement. But uh, no, I mean, I I definitely enjoyed Brett's work. All right. Eric? For number seven, um, it's Okada. Um, probably my only uh, Nishikawa guy on this. Are you surprised that he's this low? I mean, this high. I mean, not lower. You mean not higher up on the list, like uh, five yeah. or, one or two or whatever? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I actually am kind of surprised. Okay. I thought you would be. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. What else is there saying about Okada? I love his matches. Uh, I wish he would be wrestling here, but he's not. But whenever I get a chance to watch him, I enjoy his matches. I mean, he is the face of Japan. Yeah, but to be honest with you, yeah. Eric, if you saw him on your uh, on your TV every week, your mother would get tired of changing your bed sheets. <laughs> Absolutely brutal. Jeez. I mean, your favorite was Chris Benoit. That's even <laughs> that's like necrophilia in a weird way. <laughs> I am making jokes. Huh? I am making jokes. Yeah. Mickey James walks through. It's a marshmallow factory in here. Okay. I don't blame him for that. Factory there. I couldn't stop his neck. Out of my mouth. All right. Whose turn is it? Mine. Okada is a man. Like give Okada a little love. For God's sakes, this is a wrestling show. He's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. I just, I, I All right, don't someone else has been dug then. Clint, do you like Okada? I've never seen, I've never watched Okada. I don't even know who that is. I don't watch New Japan. <laughs> <yet. laughs> I won't stay out of this one. I, <laughs> I want to see a couple good, this is a favorite list. I don't want to just shit out of Uh Yeah, <laughs> the matches with Omega were fantastic. And uh, Jay White, too. He's had matches with a lot of good yeah. people. So. Uh, I will say this. Like, when people talk about K. Omega, if it wasn't for AEW, I'll probably wouldn't even see a K. K. Omega match. Or Jay White. Or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> like I hear I, about the whole K. Omega, this and how he was a great star at all. But I never really experienced it until AEW. Until... I was finally able to watch it on TV itself. <laughs> I agree. I never heard of Kenny Omega before until AEW. Like I heard all everybody talks about great the Bullet Club and everything, but I heard it's about not like he showed I, New Japan. Yeah, 
on on TV every weekly on TV that you're gonna be able to watch it. <laughs> or current New Japan, I should say. See how you feel about Okada yeah. is how I feel about Omega, Doug. I don't think Okada was the overrated one in that duo. I thought Omega <laughs> was highly overrated, and Okada kind of carried those matches. I don't like Kenny Omega either. I, to be honest with you, those like 45, 16 minute matches bored the shit out of me. Okay, well, let's move on. Then. <laughs> we we know who to go on for our least favorite. Yeah. Uh. All right. I went with Magnum TA. Do you like him? You know you skipped over me, right? Oh, oh you go after him? Wow. Oh, no. I, <laughs> I forgot what's going on. Okay. So it's about you. Yeah, Did, yeah. Do you like Magnum TA? Yeah. He's, it's actually, he's not on my list. <laughs> no, he, he's not on my list, but I do like him. And the uh, it's funny that you bring him up because the new line of uh, wrestling figures that are up for pre-order as of today, he's part of the line. Is he really? Yeah, he's going to be part of that, that Power Town uh, figure line. That's sweet. Uh, he is a case of the best wrestler that never really was. And it's not really his fault. I mean, it, well, I don't know. he got in a motorcycle accident, and that sucks, and that kind of ruined his career. But he was white hot before that, and him and Flair would have fucking sold millions. Exactly. Well, they were supposed to be the main event of that Star of Starcade '86, and that ended up being Garvin, right? No, uh, Nikita. Okay. They turned Nikita babyface for that reason. But yeah, uh, T Magnum TA was the guy, Terry Allen, and it, it was a. Obviously a play on Magnum, what's his name? P.I. back then. But he he, he rolled the mortars, huh? 730 already, just so you know. Yeah, you're only on number seven. Okay. Uh, Magnum T.A. was awesome. He, uh, he, had the, he had the stash, he had the motorcycle, he had all these things that made him very cool. And, uh, I never heard of him before. Yeah, he was in the NWA, not really in the WWF, but I like him. All right, Doug, go ahead. All right, my number six uh, is Tito Santana. El Matador. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I was always a fan of his when I was a kid, uh, but... Uh, and I don't want to go too long here because Sharon pointed out how far yeah, we still have to go. I'm not sure if you guys are just going until 8 or 8.30. Well, we still have... All right. We have 56 minutes left okay. still scheduled on the show. So calm down there, Susie. Uh, I'm not doing anything wrong. Talk about you. But, um... So, but no, like with Tito, it's like... He was always my favorite when I was a kid. And he was like that... You would almost say he was kind of a bland baby face, but he had that temper and, you know, he was almost like a heartthrob baby face. Yeah, he was. And Vince was actually considering him for the world title. Yeah, especially when they gave him the new, uh, oh, when they gave him the Matador gimmick, which I still think that opening match with Sean at WrestleMania 8 was actually better than what a lot of people thought it was going to be. Especially Bobby Heenan's commentary during the match when he hit him with his uh, finish, but Sean rolled out of the ring. And Gorilla goes, "El Pasto de Marte," and uh, Heenan goes, "What'd you say? Extra hot, Pace Picani?" <laughs> that was funny. 
and very racist. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, Clintus, who do you got? Booker T. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The five-time WCW champion. Six I hope times. you know Dolph Ziggler is my number one, Doug, so get the gun out. Uh, six, six times. Five times, Doug, you got to put respect that he did beat. He did lose and win it back from Kurt Angle. Yeah, he did. I think Booker T was one of my favorites in WCW. I will say. The five times, especially towards the end, going to WCW downhill. I think I would tune in just to watch Booker T, see what Booker T was doing, watch the match, and turn it right back off. He was a superstar. For sure, and he had the charisma, he had the athletics, he had everything. He was he was a superstar, and WWE should have did more with him sooner. I I love the King Book King Booker and his title reign there, but he should he really should have had like a big. He should have beat Triple H at that WrestleMania nineteen. Yeah, but unfortunately, because Booker was one of the WCW you know castaways, Triple H did not. Triple H felt like he was doing wrong by putting over anybody from WCW. And I can understand that to a point, but also to get the fuck over yourself, you big nose. Right. Fucking twat. All right, Eric, who do you got? If you smell the rock is cooking. Um, the guy is the legend. He's a legend in the movie business now. He's just great. He played the face, played heels, and he was just very entertaining, and he still is today. And if he came back today, he would he would draw money. Absolutely, he would draw money. He's on my list later, so I'm not talking. Yeah, about no. He again, he's one of those guys. He's only got like four or five moves, but those four or five moves get the crowd popping. Yeah. And in the attitude era, that's all you fucking needed. Yeah. And all you needed was to ball yeah. a little bit, and he could do that. And he's the, he is the best talker of all time. Punk does not. Oh, one hundred percent. Sorry, nobody beats The Rock. I'm sure Punk. I agree with that. So and Stone yeah, Cold's I, ahead of him too. <laughs> Stone Cold's ahead of Punk. I mean. Yeah, I think so. Uh, all right, my turn. Yeah. I have, I believe we already talked about this man. Or no, it's a woman. I had Trish. Because I, frankly, I had a poster of her on my wall. I had a Kelly Kelly poster too, but if I put her at number six, I get crucified. Uh, Trish Stratus. Hey, it's your list. You can do whatever you want. It's my list, but Kelly Kelly was more of just the, you know... A thing for me to become a man too. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. <laughs> oh my God. That's how I got to touch with my body. It was <laughs> That's how you touched <laughs> But but Trish Stratus, I, I mean, I, 
everything Clinton said about her earlier is what reigns true, and I don't, I don't think there's much more to say. She, she is probably, she is the, I mean, she's the Hulk Hogan of women. Not that, that I, that's a weird comparison, but she's the top woman to ever do it. And yes, the women now are probably all better athletes and better in ring than her, but she started it all. She, she was another model, hot chick. And she took the business seriously, wanted to learn, learn from Finley, and then became like the GOAT. So, By the way, if you want anybody to ever turn you from like this, uh, you know, this prima donna diva into one of the baddest bitches on the planet, you go to Finley. Yeah. So that's my pick. All right, Dougie, number oh, five? Yeah. Number five. Uh Do, 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 do. All right, number five. I don't know why I had a close. Eric talked about him earlier, Macho Man. So, and I already technically gave my Macho Man. <laughs> All right, Clinton. I want to go with Austin for number five. Stone Cold, Stone Cold. <laughs> See, now we're all starting to copy each other. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to save mine for that later. See, now it's just all... See, now it's getting scary because now we're all starting to think alike. Oh, God. Sokol's not on my list, but, I mean, he is like... he. I mean, he made the Attitude Era. He, yeah. He's the biggest draw of all time. I think he even drew more than Hogan. I, I don't know if we have stats on that, but... Uh... Uh, I think so, too. Him and Rocket easily draw today. Hogan was a huge draw for about six years. Because I'm not counting 91 and 92 because business was going downhill. Right. So for about six years, Hogan was a top draw. Austin was was a top draw for about four, three or four. But he would have been a, a draw longer had, you know, Owen Hart not decided to take a seat on his neck. Yeah. Yeah. But he made that attitude there. Oh, absolutely he did. Especially, like, the feud with Vince McMahon. Had he not feuded with Vince, he would not have been as popular as he was. Well, let's put it this yeah. way. He made, he, he made it cool to hit your boss. Let's put it that way. Which, I mean, everybody already did anyway, but he, he was that analog for him. He was the common man. Yeah, and for people that can't beat up their boss, you know, he did it for us. I mean, he didn't go and beat up our bosses, but... But he gave his boss the finger, drank a beer, and beat some ass. And, you know, want to do that or watch that. So, uh, all right. Eric, number five. My number four. Number five. Number five is uh, DDP, Diamond Dallas Page. He's probably my favorite um, WCW guy of all time, even though number four could technically be WCW too. But, um, yeah, DDP, he was was always entertaining to me. He was – Diamond Cutter was before 
even the um what um RKO. He did that in nowhere too. Absolutely. The master of the diamond cutter. He he was a huge draw for WCW and he's one of the best older wrestlers that got into it older. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because by the time Good he baby started, too. He, by the time he started he was like thirty five. Right. Oh wow. All right. My turn? Yeah. I, I did Macho Man, so. At five? Yeah. Okay. All right, so we can go on to number four? Yeah. Sting. The man, the myth, the legend, the crow, surfer Sting. He is, he had Remember a. the police? He had a legendary career. Yep. He was great. Top three babyface of all time. Probably the biggest WCW creation of all time. Yeah, and, yeah, and he carried him about, Don't forget, he carried TNA, too. Yeah, so... Yeah. Because, like, if you go through the iterations of the character from that bleach blonde surfer sting to the crow to the wolf pack sting, and then he became Joker sting in TNA. Uh, <laughs> I forgot about that. Which... That, that stuff was actually hilarious. Like, I'll never forget how much of a big fight feel it was uh, when he lost the title to Mr. Anderson, but then when he got it back like a month later, they treated it like this big this big deal. And Sting really wasn't that good. Because Sting at that time was 50, 52 years old. Wow. So, aw. Uh, like 52 years old, he's still main eventing, you know, shows and all that. And I don't think he was past his, I mean, I don't think he was past his prime. But, like, he wasn't as good as he once was, but still, he was still getting over. And when he did that Joker character, he got that thing over. Yep. Yeah. No, he did. Uh, I mean, did. the only only thing I, that really kind of didn't work on all the things you listed was the Joker thing, and that's because I mean TNA wasn't really the stage at the time. Well, anyway. I I think he made it work for what he was able to do. Yeah, I mean, but like TNA was TNA. Yeah. Ten people are watching it, so it's cool. But well, the one thing to me that didn't work was when WCW tried to turn him heel. In uh, at Fall Brawl yeah. '99. Yeah. Okay. They turned him heel. Uh, which technically was like the last move Eric Bischoff made. Well, it, well, no, cause it, I don't even know if it was a Bischoff move because I don't know who took over for him until Russo got there. Yeah, because Bischoff was fired two days before Fall Brawl. Sting turned heel, and then, like a month and a half later, like beginning of November of '99, he's back to being a babyface. But he's back to being in a baby face by attacking a baby fa- a, a group that was supposed to be baby face. <laughs> like they had this whole deal. It was Chris Benoit versus Dean Malenko in a cage. Benoit won, and then the revolution, which is Saturn, Malenko, and Asia, no relation to China. Uh, came... that, I mean, that was a ripoff, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh 
they came out, they started beating them up. Filthy animals came in. And, you know, Benoit was handcuffed in the cage. Filthy animals came in, tried to help Benoit. David Flair comes out because he's still mad at the filthy animals for burying Ric Flair in the desert. Yeah. He comes out, he beats the shit out of the filthy animals with a fucking crowbar. He unhandcuffs Benoit from the cage. So David Flair's getting cheered, even though he just beat the shit out of the guys that came to Benoit's rescue. <laughs> But because he released Benoit, he's getting cheered, and then Conan's trying to run, and you have Sting attack Conan from behind, and Sting's getting cheered. So Sting and David Flair, who were heels, <laughs> attack the baby faces, the guys who were trying to be baby faces, but because filthy animals were kind of acting heelish, yeah. Sting and David Flair... You know, got the baby face pop mainly because they came out to make sure Benoit was okay. So like Sting's baby, Sting's heel turn at that point in WCW just fucking sucked. Yeah. Well, but, WCW just fucking sucked. Oh yeah, because at that time the the ship was like it was going down. Like, yeah. uh, David, that's probably the biggest pop David Flair. Oh my god, that was something. Like. It, that whole fucking thing. And I'm trying to remember what they did on Raw that night. Who knows? But, uh... Yeah, if I'm given ten minutes, I could probably figure it out. <laughs> uh, All right, Clintus. Unless you got more on Sting. No, he's in oh. one of my favorites. I love the face paint. I went for as him for Halloween. Oh, Halloween. <laughs> that's, yep. that's cute. All right, Clintus. All right. Mine, my next one is going to be Hogan. It's a oh, big Hogan. one. You can't, you can't yeah. argue with Hogan's success. No. You might not like him as a person. You might not like his politics. But you can't argue with his success. Oh, yeah, definitely. I kind of enjoy Hogan's heels run better than the face. Let's put it that way. Uh, and it's I mean, younger, yeah. I enjoy the fan, but when, when you're looking at it older, I love the Hollywood Hogan compared to just the uh, Amer- uh, Mr. America, America Patriot. I, I, I love the heelish Hogan better. You're not wrong. I mean, no, I kind of like it too, especially watching it back. Oh, so did I. You just wanted to hate him. <laughs> Heel Hogan's the best Hogan in my eyes. Yeah. 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 But, like, also, too, like, the way Hogan was kind of portraying, like, on TV, the whole guy, like, he didn't want to get in the ring with a lot of people or whatever the fuck, or he was always ducking challenges. That's the way he was backstage. Because there was a lot of guys he didn't want to get in the ring with because he was afraid that, you know, he was going to get told to put them over. Yeah. So again, you might not agree with his politics, but his success in wrestling, you can't argue with that. Yeah. He's probably top three girl. Him, Hogan, and Ross. Absolutely. All right, Eric, who do you got? Or was that Eric's? No, that was Clint. No, that's Cliff. 
my number uh, four is uh, Chris Jericho. Um, I I think I personally think he's underappreciated sometimes, but he's been in the business for over thirty years. He's been in WCW, within WWE. He he was he was still young in WCW, but WWE he was great. He was the first undisputed champion, beat The Rock and Stone Cold in the same night. Um, and his stuff at, in AEW, he's carried that company since. He's one of the um, guys that have carried that company since day one. Um, if it wasn't for Chris Jericho, there might not even be in AEW either. But he's the first big star to sign with AEW. Besides, besides the um, EVPs. He's the he's the king of reinvention. Yeah. And he's made yeah. mostly every there's a couple of things he's done that's corny in AEW, but he has made everything that he's tried work in some way or another. The only thing I don't like in AEW that he's doing is this stupid Jericho Appreciation Society right now. And I'm a wizard. Because <laughs> and the reason why I don't agree with it is because I think Daniel Garcia Matt Menard and Angelo Parker suck. Yeah. They are fucking useless. And Daniel Garcia is a Buffalo guy. Yeah. But I think they... Daniel Garcia has gotten better. He is over with I, the fans now. I think they are about as useful as uh, fucking Jasmine was in Big Brother. Second Big Brother reference. Uh, no, I'll tell you. Jericho is a legend, but... All right, my turn. I have the three faces of Foley, Mick Foley himself. Could be Cactus, could be Mankind, could be uh, just Mick, could be Dude. You Uh, love those You like Dude Love? I love Dude Love. Those things either. Yeah, I mean, same thing, similar to what I said about Dusty. When I was a kid, kind of being chubby before I got into sports and stuff, seeing Mick Foley and it's like, this guy looks like me and he just flies off shit and it's working for him. And it's pretty cool. And I just, I always, you respect Mick from what he's willing to put his body through. He'll, he'll like... He's, I mean, he's in pretty good shape now for being an older guy, but he fucking, from falling off the cell, the, just all these extreme type things he would put his body through. And when he worked in the ring, he was a lot better than people actually remember. He had great matches with HBK and Stone Cold and Taker. So Mick Foley is just, and he's, he just seems like the nicest guy ever, so... Uh, uh, Mick Foley will always be in my well, top. And I'll tell you how nice of a guy Mick Foley is when uh, they had that, uh, well, when there was that shooting in Buffalo at that, uh, at that tops. Yeah. Uh, Mick Foley arranged a, uh, a, a fundraiser, a fundraiser. He, Did he really? Yeah. He spent his, by the way, it was Mick's birthday weekend. Okay. Wow. By the way, Mick Foley shares the same birthday as you share. Yeah, I knew. Okay. Mick Foley's birthday weekend, instead of spending it with his family, he went to Buffalo and did a fundraiser. Very nice. Uh, and, you know, people we know of went to that, and went to that event. Uh, but that just shows what kind of a guy Mick is because Mick, you know, puts other people in front of himself. 
Yep. Uh, I do think One that the nicest a suicide to do that holy foley shit. This podcast is pretty good, though. I do enjoy his podcast. Conrad Thompson does not have a shitty show. Yeah. At all. So, yeah, I like Mick. All right, Doug, you're number three. Carrie Von Eric. The man who, by the way, is going to be played by Lip from Shameless in uh, Isn't that cool? In the new biopic. Really? In the, in the Von Eric biopic. Yeah. Yeah, it was announced uh, oh, yesterday. Wow. Jeremy Allen White's going to play him. Wow. And Zac Efron's Kevin, right? Yeah. And then the guy, I don't know the guy that they picked to play Dave, but he does look exactly fucking like him. Exactly, so. yeah. I can't remember. That's going to be a good movie. But Kerry is a great pick, the Texas Tornado. He's fabulous for numerous reasons. He was a big star in his own territory in the WWCC. Right? The WCCW. Right, whatever the fuck. And uh, world class. And he went to WWE and was a great intercontinental champion, and people loved him there. So Yeah, the, the funny thing about him is he was so over – like he was pretty much – you can always make the comparison between him and Jeff Hardy because his demons would get the best of him. Yes. But, you know, people loved him. I met his daughter once. Was she nice? Yeah. I went up to her. I told her I was a huge fan of her dad. She, she wears her father's ring to autograph signing. Yeah. I liked Lacey. She didn't inherit any of her father's she ring work. <laughs> not have been talented, but she is one of the sweetest girls. Very nice, very hot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Carrie's amazing. Uh, all right. Yeah, no, he's he's definitely like one of my one of my all time favorites. Uh, you know, the Texas tornado, you know, with that uh, the discus punch and the claw. Might not have been a good promo, but didn't need to be. No, not at all. All right, Clintus, who's your number three? Chris Benoit. Ooh. We're going to hell. No, we're not. That's a good choice for wrestlers. That's not top favorite humanitarians. All right, let's put it this way. Did you ever hear how how Paul Heyman describes as Chris Benoit? As a human no. being, he hates him, but as the best wrestler... You got to love him. Yep. Yeah, he did that. Well, that video has been flying around the old school group, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really true. I mean, yes, he yes, what he did was wrong. Yeah. But, but come on, we're talking about a wrestler here. He's right. I mean, Benoit was. A, I think he's one of the best in ring workers. He he was, and I, I'm not disputing that. I'm just also saying too is that like, uh, and again, this is everybody's own personal list because I feel the same way that Clinic does, but I don't want to put him on the list because also I don't want to face like the backlash from people that might get a hold no, of no, no. Who cares? Oh. It's our list. Yeah. My list. My list. My list. Not yeah. Well, no, and, and that's fine. You're you're allowed to have that pick. I'm just saying because I'm the only one that ever answers these assholes in the old school group because you two can't even approve the fucking post. Okay. Uh, Here we go. So, 
Like, I'm just saying is that, like, I wouldn't put him on my list because I don't want to deal with the backlash. Mm. I, you you can put him on your list because that is a really good pick. Yeah, you just did. I And I'm not, you know, saying you shouldn't. I'm just giving you the reason why I wouldn't. There you go. Good for you. Yeah. Uh, but it is a good pick. And uh, for like I said, it's not top ten favorite, like, great people or anything. It's top ten wrestlers. Yeah. And as far as wrestling ability, no one does it better than Chris Benoit. If this was a top 10 best, he would be on my list. Not he's, He was never my favorite, so he wouldn't be on that list. But as far as, like, best, he's one of the best in-ring workers of all time, well, when dead we, family or not. When, when we did uh, the top 20 uh, best wrestlers of all time, he made the list. There you go. And unfortunately, people that Eric and I had on the show with us we're not happy with us. Well, that's their uh, issue. Not happy with us for for Benoit being on the list. So I made sure to point out that Eric put the list together. Uh, <laughs> you threw your friend under the bus. You did damn right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I did put the list together. He's not. Wrong. I'm tired of having this conversation about Benoit. But we're allowed to talk yeah. about if he's a good wrestler or not. Yeah. You are on my show. One match I can't I'll always love is that two out of three falls with him, Jericho, and Kurt Angle. For both oh, that, uh, the WrestleMania thing for the two titles? Yes. The two titles. That was amazing. That match with Angle was fantastic. Yeah. All right, Eric, who do you got? Uh, HBK. Um, Shawn Michaels is a legend. He's, he's great in the ring. I loved his matches, all his matches, even the one with Bret Hart. Uh, yeah, he, he was he was my favorite growing up with him, him and Stone Cold. I was, oops, but, uh, yeah. When, so ACK is your number three? Yeah. Okay. You got a cum joke? No. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Shawn Michaels, I, I, I understand that, Eric. He, and another one, whether you think he's a dick or not, or what, in the ring, he is, you can't replace him. He's just so good. He had such good charisma, and uh, the ladies loved him. He was a good star. All right, my turn. Someone I l- looked up to as a kid, and I thought he was fucking amazing. This was my guy, Batista. Uh, he was always my favorite wrestler. Whenever he wrestled, I remember, because Undertaker was Kenny's favorite, and Batista was mine. I remember when you got that WrestleMania, and we were glued to the TV. And I was like, my guy's going to beat your guy's streak, nene. And so <laughs> Kenny's... Kenny got the last laugh on that one, but uh, Batista was like, you had two guys for, for kids to root for and who was going to be the stars of the company, Batista and Cena. I respect John Cena with all my might. I think he's like one of the greatest people ever, and he's a great wrestler, but as far as who I picked as my guy, it was Batista, and it, it was always Batista as a kid, and I, I just thought he, like, he was larger than life, and that's what this thing's supposed to be. It was this huge dude with tattoos and muscles 
who got girls and was kind of cool and also beat people up and uh, probably one of the best best versions of the sit out power bomb. And he was such a good baby face because he could still be a dick and people liked him. That's what I liked about him. He was still kind of cocky, but people just yeah. liked him because they liked him. He didn't have to fucking pander. He, to had, he had a very a, a very unique sense of humor. Yeah, like you almost couldn't tell if he was joking or not. Yeah, but what he was saying usually was funny. Yeah, and I like how soft spoken he is for a big guy. Yeah, until you really get him pissed off. Yeah, then he starts barking. But the match, I mean, the match with Triple H, that rivalry is one of my favorite of all time, and. Uh, his stuff with Cena when he turned heel was one of the most underrated heel runs of all time. What about when he turned on Ray? Yeah. And that's what started and led to the stuff with Cena. That That is probably the most underrated heel run of all time. He was fucking amazing during that. And what I find kind of funny is the fact that he was the one that was pissed off at Ray, but yet he's the one that got pinned by The Undertaker. Yeah. So, Pussy. Dude, you remember me during that? I almost cried. I was like, I remember, yeah, I remember you did, because that was uh, uh, your birthday weekend or something like that, right? I think so. And I just remember you just being upset, like, how could he do it? And it's just like, and I think, I I forgot who all was in the fucking room with us. We had so many. It's kind of sad, because I think I'm like at 14 at this point. (laughs) I think I'm 12 or 14. And I knew the business, but I was like, why? Why is he a bad guy? This just doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, and then I remember, I think uh, Grandpa and I were trying to explain it to you. And then whoever else was in the room, and we hung out with so many ugly people, it's kind of hard to tell who was who. Uh, But, like, I, I just remember, like, nobody saw it coming. No. That's what makes it good. The only... I started to see it coming when... He looked at Ray and said, I don't think you were close at winning the world title. I was close. And then I'm like, oh, fuck. And then he goes, uh, I'm going to rip your head off. And then that was really a close. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, and he even smiled when he said that. Yeah. But, like, like, going back at it now, like, anybody that's, like, you know, a uh, – you know, an expert in like the wrestling business or whatever the fuck, or like they'll say, "Oh, you knew that something big was going to happen when the guy went in to do to conduct the interview." No, you didn't, because like not, you didn't know that Batista was going to turn heel. No, you didn't. All right, you're number two, Doug. Let's get through this. Roddy Piper. One of the greatest talkers and heels of all time. Yeah, but also he could be a babyface when they needed him to be a babyface. He could. And as much as I'd love to hear you do that promo again, I think we're going to... I, I was just going to say, I've done it on this show like six times. So, <laughs> like, go in the archives and let's do it <laughs> if, if you must. Uh, He's great. Love Roddy. Yeah, so do I. Like, he is one of... I, I, I wish I would have had the opportunity to meet him. The perfect anti-Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And just like his stuff, like his um, promo too, when he came out as the acting chairman, like after J.J. Dillon got hurt, and he came out and he's just like, I'm not going to put up with any whiny wrestlers. If I tell you to eat your broccoli, you're going to eat your broccoli. (laughs) And I'm like, what the fuck? 
but then it's just like you're glued to the TV because it's just like, okay, Piper's talking. You better pay attention. You're going to eat your broccoli. I think I actually had broccoli the next day for lunch. All right. Clint, who's your number two? Kurt Angle. That is a really good pick. Very good one. Yep. Right. Clint actually had, like, really good, like, wrestlers on on his list. Yeah. Like, not just, like, sports entertainers, but, like, wrestlers. Wrestlers. So I'm trying to make up for the fact that I shit all over the Benoit pick. Uh, (laughs) Kurt Angle's the man. Yeah. You missed the man and I said, Yeah. I know he hit on last. I can't blame him. We talked about it last week. All right, Eric, number two. Uh, Brian Danielson. Um, Yes. Again, what else? He's just. Today's. I I, I think he's like today's first time wandering. He just, the way he came back from injury with that for like two years, he's still wrestling today. And he's still doing, he's still um, wrestling good matches. I can't and hopefully he wins what the title in that and match with him and Moxley. Hopefully he's the world champion after Wednesday. <laughs> I mean, I hope not. I hope it goes to Moxley, but... <laughs> Yeah, I like Danielson a lot. Even though I, I've said he's overrated, he's a he's got a hell of a beard. Well, and he, here's what's funny about him too. AEW had that talent meeting last week after uh, Punk, Omega, and the Bucks decided to act like uh, you know the women from the View, uh, or women in the crowd at the Jerry Springer show. Uh, and they had this meeting, and Jericho and Moxley and, and Danielson pretty much led the meeting. Now, Jericho and Moxley were trying to get everybody, like, riled up. Danielson was pretty much there as, like, you know, he was leading everybody, but he was also doing it with a sense of humor. Like, he was trying to lighten the mood. Yeah, uh, well, that's what he does. I mean, mainly, you know, I think he was actually making faces <laughs> behind Jericho's back. Uh, no, he's he an overall good guy, I think. Yeah. Yes, he is. I mean, his wife's a bitch, but, uh... Oh, she's it's kind of nice, like the nice one, but we'll not get, I'm not getting into it. All right, my number two. The phenomenal one, AJ Styles. You only have him at two? Yeah. Oh, we don't have him at Yeah, never mind. AJ, if there wasn't one other guy who we talked about earlier... Uh, AJ would be my number one, but yeah, he's my number two. I, I've i loved him ever since TNA in 2002 when I didn't barely even knew what wrestling was, but I saw one magazine with his face on it, and I knew he was, like, phenomenal ever since. So uh, He's the one wrestler I still follow to this. Anything he does, I got to see it. Uh, AJ Styles, highly underrated. He just beat... He just passed the record of having more matches in WWE in six years than he had in 11 years in TNA. He just did that he did? Uh, recently. Yeah. Uh, he saw it on Facebook, so it's got to be true. Wow. And uh, 
So <laughs> he, he's a, so he, he, was, uh, he was another face of, the, of uh, TNA. He was the face of the company, and they never treated him right. They fucking treated that poor bastard like complete shit sometimes. But he was the face of the company. Everybody only ever came to see him. He's had a great theme song no matter where he's gone. And he, that high-flying ability that he had, which was kind of just seemed like reckless cruiserweight stuff, he has slowly developed into maybe the greatest in-ring wrestling style of all time. He can truly go yeah. with anybody and make it look entertaining. When, like, in TNA, this is how misused he was. They had him fucking falling head over heels for Karen Angle. Yeah. While she was technically somewhere in Turk. And what's fucked up about it is they would actually, they did a, 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 sh- a shoot at his house where his wife is trying to talk to him. And fucking like three weeks later, he accidentally married Karen Angle. Yeah, I remember that. AJ did? Yeah. Because the Reverend got knocked down when Kurt and Karen were uh, renewing their wedding vows. The Reverend didn't have his glasses on. (laughs) So AJ was trying to help Karen up. The Reverend pronounced AJ and Karen as man and wife. Oh, really? Yeah. Terrible storyline. Oh, suck. But AJ was great. He... All the dumb shit they made him do, he always had great matches. His yeah. matches with Kurt Angle is still my favorite ever. Uh, his matches with Sting were good. His matches with Christian were good. Joe and him, yep. he, even the program they had in WWE, just he can truly go with that. And him and Cena, that was like a dream come true. The two faces finally going at each other. Yeah. And that that series of matches, we we talked about one of them on the show. Fucking awesome. So. AJ is truly phenomenal. Who's your number one, Doug? Let's get out of here. So, hashtag Team Duggan. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Okay. All right, Quinn, let's give us one. We'll quit doing it. One of my exes is going to show up. <laughs> no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> Way to be a team player. <laughs> I was like, fuck you. Guys. You're right. I'm a leader, not a follower, man. You're All right. right. No, he's one of my favorites. I've met him before. He's a real nice guy. He was also one of Grandpa's favorites. Uh, he's just—he might not and have been like cancer again. But he, was, he was a really good character. He's very entertaining. Very entertaining. By the way, he's beat cancer again for the fourth yeah. fucking time. That's crazy. Yep. Uh, and he knew his way around a piece of wood. Exactly, and he's some. <laughs> uh, he is also somebody, too, that, like, had not he had that little uh, brush up with the law in 87, I'm pretty sure Vince would have actually thought of him to take, you know, Hogan's place. Because. Yeah, I was wondering why he never was champion. Because Hogan was there. Yeah, Hogan was there. And then, like, in 87, he actually got busted on the New Jersey Turnpike with the Iron Sheik and a bag of blow. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you learn something every day. Yeah, and, and the funny thing is, is that rumor has it is that Vince wasn't necessarily mad at him for getting, for getting caught with the blow. He was more mad at the fact that Duggan was traveling with Sheik and they were feuding on TV at the time. Yeah. That's why Jim got fired. That's crazy. Oh, wow. 
But then he got brought back because everybody liked Hacksaw. He is legitimately... Who doesn't like Hacksaw? Uh, there's a couple people out there, but they're going to burn in hell. So, uh... All right. But, yeah. So, all right. Move on. Clintus, who's your number one favorite wrestler of all time? This ought to be good. I'll say Samoa Joe. Ooh. Ooh. I didn't yeah. have him on my list, but I really do like him, but I like him better as yeah, a Yeah, me too. Yeah. And I think the TNA Joe is was worth best for me. Was he undefeated? One hundred percent. Yes, especially his rivalry with when Kangol showed up in TNA was phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. I mean, he was amazing. His stuff with Punk and ROH was really good too. Stuff with Punk and ROH, yeah. uh, you know, not yeah. just a Kurt Angle feud, but he had a really good. Obviously, AJ, he had a really good series of matches with. Yeah. Uh, Christian Cage. It was Sting was really good. Christian. Christian. Uh, here's an underrated one. I actually like some of the stuff he did with Matt Morgan. Yeah. You're not wrong there. It was pretty good. Well, that's always nice to hear. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, that, I think that's definitely a good pick. All right. Eric, who's your number one favorite wrestler? Oh, we time? already know. <laughs> Come on. Stone Cold Steve Austin. I don't even need to say anymore. I've, I've said so many things about Stone Cold in this show. Stone Cold is a legend. He's the reason why I'm a wrestling fan today. Um, yeah. All right. Well, my favorite is a man that was just a little better than Stone Cold Steve Austin. And so. Earl Hefner. No. Uh, The Rock. uh, No. Uh, Brooklyn Brawler. No. Neither of those. The Rock? Yes. No. I really thought it was going to be John Morrison. Or did you, say- did you even listen to me last episode? You didn't know I did John Morrison or Randy Orton. Like, why do I even talk to you? I'm not even here. <laughs> you know that was a week ago. Right? Yeah, but th- those were on my fucking list. <laughs> you didn't give a shit. But, I uh, thought you were going to save them for higher up on... Uh, on so you side. thought I, I was going to do them again? <laughs> but you were there when I said yeah, them. That's not- my point. You say I don't pay attention. Uh, no, but hey, this is what this is what Doug would say to me if I if I, if I had the same reaction. Um, yeah, but I'd be calling you a him. fucking idiot and a dipshit and all these ex- expletives. <laughs> I'm being nice, but uh, but why? <laughs> no, it's all good fun. But, yeah, The Rock is my favorite wrestler of all time. As a youth to now, he—I mean—he's the number one movie star. Every if you are going to watch a movie this weekend, he's probably in it. <laughs> he's in every fucking movie. Yeah. He's you you're drinking some tequila this weekend, he probably made it. Mm-hmm. Uh he's got a tequila company, an energy drink company, he owns the XFL now. He's a fucking multimedia mogul. He's Black Adam, a superhero. He's the rock is fucking he's the man. The only, I you know what? I bet you go upstairs in the shower right now, turn that on, he'll be there. 
one of the top shows right now, Young Rock. Just he's the guy. Yeah. So and he's always been the guy. He was the best talker. He always captured my imagination, and I always, you know, thought he was very charismatic, the best talker of all time. And you know, him and Austin made magic together. My favorite feud of all time. So there you go. That yep. was our top twenty favorite wrestlers. Uh, you want to do the plugs, Doug, and then we'll get out of here. Okay, I'll, I'll do them real quick. Make sure you're listening to Boxing of Smart, the Wrestling Outlet, Wednesdays uh, on YouTube, Wrestling Outlet. Uh, then, of course, Sundays, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Hollywood Hangout, also found on YouTube. Uh, listen to us, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, every Friday night uh, for the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. Next week, we will be doing the top ten moments and matches of the Big Boss Man a.k.a. Big Bubba, a.k.a. The Guardian Angel, a.k.a. whatever else he went under. Uh, tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for Unscripted Unlimited. Join Daniel and I as we will be doing a part two of the TV sitcom tier list that we did two years ago. So we're finally going to do a part two of that. That'll be tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Stabcast, Daniel and Mindy. Uh, they will keep everybody updated as to what they're doing. Uh, Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Daniel and Bobby on the web cave. We're going to be talking about superheroes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All <laughs> Going to have a lot of good discussion. We're going to be talking about... The next episode of She-Hulk, the next episode of House of the Dragon, and a big topic that I can't remember. So. All right. All right. And then uh, join Eric and Daniel, or not Eric and Daniel, Eric and Clint, uh, for uh, NFL Hard Hits, uh, either Wednesday or Thursday or someday that ends in Y. We won't be back until... Um... Mid October until uh the second I mean the first week of October. Oh yeah, that's right. You're going away to get a sex change. Uh wow. today today's my last show today's my last show until October. We're gonna miss you. Wow. Oh yeah, that's right. Eric Eric's gonna be uh Eric's gonna be doing a lot of uh nude sunbathing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going on a cruise with my uh, family. Uh, it's going to be 32 of us. Um, wow, you have fun. Yeah, thank traveling. you. Thank you. Uh, all right, so Eric will be uh, Eric will be missing in action for uh, for a couple of weeks. Uh, hanging out with 31 family. Hanging out with 31 family members. You're going to be begging to come back. <laughs> but uh really all right. True. So all right. Most of them I haven't seen in fifteen years. Oh, that's very nice. All right, I think we can leave now. All right, cool. Uh, all right. Bye guys. Later. 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 Bye. Bye.
Tough for him, struggle, you know what I'm saying? It's all good, baby, baby. It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Something pepper and heavy D up in the limousine. Hanging pictures on my...